sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for joining me for the broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the Gulf Coast, the coast with the most, third coast of Texas. My privilege and honor to be doing so. Absolutely love every day here. It's the hottest day of the year. It's only going to get hotter throughout the calendar year. So, but we're going to be talking to a very, very hot speaker and presenter in their own right with a very hot show, very stylish, very aesthetic, but also with great personal experiences of her own in the UFO field, or as she calls them, the UAP field. She is of the UAP crowd, the UFP genre of studies, Steph Stephanie from the UAP Experiencers channel, YouTube channel, as well as podcast. And it is going to be a great 
interview or I am being interviewed by her sharing my experiences as well as, of course, my uh, favorite ex- uh, UFO um, incident of the last, I guess you would call it, decade. That being um, the UFO landing reported during Hurricane Harvey. From 2017. I have talked about this on Time Captain FM's radio show. And I will be talking about it again on Steph's UAP Experiencer show. I think it's a monumental UFO case. Modern history. Only five years old to this very day. I I remember Hurricane Harvey and the events of 2017 like they were yesterday. And to have that have occurred and have no major mainstream attention be put on it, well, we're going to fix that. We're going to do our best to fix that. And it's going to be UAP Experiencers Steph interviewing me, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. And it's going to be a great, great show. Thank you all very much for sticking around. you got a lot of guts. You're the best audience out there in Dreamland. Follow me through Linktree. I have just joined Alt Media United as a co-op, so they're going to help advertise and publicize my uh, podcast. Hope to get tracked a lot of new listeners, so I'm expecting a lot of listeners. So this episode are going to be brand new. And if you guys want to follow me, Follow Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Follow that rabbit hole. Go to that page. Brings up all my links to all my platforms, social media, uh, Telegram group, Twitter account, uh, TikTok account, YouTube account, Instagram account, one-stop shop, basically, my pod page, my merch store, new merch on the new store. Uh, Great quality on that merchandise. Definitely hit it up for the summer. Or do your winter shopping early. Great hoodies on there as well. Buy a phone case. Let people know at the bar that you are woke as fuck. Red-pilled as fuck. Which is basically what the Beyond Top Secret Texan merch will tell anyone who knows what they're looking at. It's like, we're going to form our own secret society. One that's badass with blackjack and hookers. In fact, fuck the secrets. And so, yeah. Um, definitely, definitely follow that link tree. Patreon back up and running. Patreon.com slash Beyond Top Secret Text. All caps on the text. Beyond Top Secret Text. And definitely uh, follow me exactly, on Instagram, Twitter, or Telegram for daily updates, uh, shares of media, memes, uh, videos that I'm watching at the time. Have it synchronized so you can research basically real time with me. And uh, you can even hit me up on my DMs and everything like that once you become a Patreon and get that membership access. So thank you all very much in advance for those who are going to get off the fence, start doing the right things, and, uh, you know, send me a couple of bucks, just a couple of bucks so I can eat and keep this show alive. Thank you very much. You know, exactly. I'm not trying to get rich, but I am trying to survive. 
And, you know, $5, $10, $15, would help me immensely. And that's just like two Chinese dinners. I know times are tough, but if you're lucky, lucky enough to have a little uh, budget left over, don't spend it on some strippers or spend it at the bar buying a watered-down mixed drink. Um, you know, definitely throw it my way. I would appreciate it immensely, even if it's only $5. So thank you all very much for doing that. You can do that at Patreon. You can do that at Cash App, Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very much. Namaste, Angelope. Iron sharpens iron. Next time you hear me, hear me, it'll be UAP Stephanie from, uh, sorry, Steph from UAP Experiencers interviewing me, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very much. Okay, awesome. Jumping on. This is an interview. Uh, Stephanie Elizabeth from UAP Experiencers is going to be interviewing me, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Awesome. I hope you guys are hearing me correctly. Okay, so yeah, seems to be good. Enter studio. Awesome. Guys, can you, can you hear me? Awesome, so we got it all set up. Hey. How's it going? Yeah, it says we're backstage. Maybe on mute. Let me see, am I on mute? It does not Maybe. say I'm on mute. Let me see. Nope. It does not say I'm on mute. I can't hear you. Cannot I cannot hear you yet. Okay. I'll add to New to this. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Great, we're doing this. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, okay, great. I was going to say, I don't think I was on mute, but yeah. Looks like we're rocking and rolling. Okay, you, see. You were, it was my bad. Wait, um, no problem. Yeah, I was like, trying to get all okay. this camera thing all set up. The uh, studio is in construction right now, but, um, you know, it still works. It's, it's, it's basically where I'm operating and broadcasting out of, so, yeah. Let, let's do this. Let's hit it, the ground running. That's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like it. It's kind of gritty. It's kind of cool. Well, I get that very cabin, cabin, uh, rustic grit, right? <laughs> it's like cabin core. Where are you, where are your beauty ring lights? You oh. need your beauty ring lights. Oh, yeah, um, my setup is, is absolutely not that. And it's, it's, I don't have any of the glamour, any of the vanity things, or any of the, uh, traditional set up where like microphones or anything no it's it's all just a uh, smartphone you know smart tablet and 
um, a laptop. Right now we're going to be using all three. I got my experiences written down on my uh, cell phone. Exactly. So, exactly. Like, so I'm just kind of like going to go open mic style and just kind of like, um, it, I'm recording right now with the uh, with the tablet, and we're streaming right now with the laptop. So all three of them, and of course, have their uses, and and awesome. all of them are getting used right now. You look awesome. wonderful, by the way. You look absolutely great, stunning. Mike, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Thank no you. No problem. And okay. Yeah. Like I said, it's 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 eighty three degrees, but even in the weather, it says feels like ninety five, and the sun is already set. So yeah, it's it's hopefully gonna get a little bit more you know uh, cool. But it, I'm sweating because exactly, <laughs> no one on earth wouldn't. <laughs> like, if you're not sweating when it's a ninety five degree heat index with eighty three degree eighty three percent humidity, you know, I don't think you're from this planet. <laughs> Oh no, it looks like you froze. Maybe I froze on your end. Who knows? Wait for that to come back online. Everybody recording right there. Yep. Okay. Wait for it to come back online. You got bumped off. Well, that these things happen when we are talking about UFOs and matters beyond top secret. And this is for my recording on my end. Hope she comes back online very, very soon. try this again. Let's try this again. Well, Ten people can join the StreamYard broadcast. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Alright, so yeah, let's get rocking and rolling, hopefully. Get right back to it. I guess I am, I'm the only one in the uh, StreamYard chat. Let me hit her up on Instagram. Say, hey, I'm in the chat. Is everything a-okay on your end? These things happen, folks. This is the beauty of, you know, organic gonzo podcasting human element chaos theory the uncontrollable this is what makes life worth living is that even though it's a very well planned and you know lamentably predictable affair there's always a chaotic element that makes life precious sweet can you, can you hello. hear me now? hello 
Yes, we were waiting for you. I was uh, waxing, waxing poetic. I was like, I was like the chaos of live broadcasting makes it. You know, I was like just. What? You're a pro. I know you'll be able to fill in the, the spaces whenever we have maybe the three-letter guys that are following me, or either that or bottled water, and I are tending to think that it could potentially be the beings that are interfering. There's a lot of energy and I do, in the and I air. I do say that lightly. I'm just kind of kidding. No, there's a lot I of energy do. in the air. I know. I know. You don't have to be no. like, hey, we're just joking. No, we got NSA, FBI, MI6, probably whoever's in Australia. I don't know. Aussie, mate, or whatever they call. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> it's like, like for all the people in Australia spying on us and the and the five a five I agencies and right. Chinese mafias and triads and gray aliens underneath <laughs> El Dulce. All of them are hacking in and it overwhelmed the servers and knocked you out. Just like yeah. Coast to Coast AM. No, I used yeah. to, I, I'm a lifelong listener yeah. to Coast to Coast AM and that happened all the time during the good interviews. You know, they would just get knocked out off air and it was like, mm, that's how you know it's good. Right, I know, right? We're up to something. We're saying the buzzwords. Well, let me let me appropriately introduce you. So we are on board with Beyond Top Secret Texan. He is known to post out the obscure, rare, weird, and I would say beyond weird, which I am entirely intrigued by, uh, podcast. And he's well known on Twitter, on uh, all of the the. the platforms that you can imagine, but very well known on TikTok, which I find extremely interesting because that's the board where we really need the coverage on UAP because we really need to reach out to the younger generation so that we can pass the torch, if you will, when, you know, things start to unveil themselves. So I think it's really awesome that you have that great platform on Twitter or TikTok already. It's awesome. How did you do that? Well, it was just absolutely luck, but a lot of hard work, too. I posted 10 videos a day for almost a calendar year until it kind of went viral. And um, it's not so much even for the super young crowd, even though Zoomers make up a big of it. It's international, and it's uh, a uh, it's a much... It's like the real-world demographic. If you search, for example, hashtag UFO, 9.5 billion returns. So, I mean, uh, just, just to kind of, like, put that in reference, that that's how many people are using TikTok. It's, wow. it's not just, it's every, almost every single person on the planet in China, the real world, Indonesia, mm-hmm. India. I mean, India has banned it, but they have their own thing right now, and they still use it. It's still, you know, uh, on the World Wide Web, and everyone can use online to get access to it. Like, lately, we've talked, we've had that issue with Russia and America, like, banning the platforms and things like that, so, but, sure. but since 2017 onward, that's the future, these different platforms, YouTube is, its age is, is very much come and gone when it comes to terms of whether or not you need to upload all your evidence to YouTube, TikTok's kind of still the current thing, I'm always looking towards the future, Instagram, solid, solid platform, um, Elon Musk just purchased Twitter, so I think Twitter's going to blow up again and have a really Ooh. big Elon Musk. I'm just saying. No, I'm saying like that. Yeah, exactly. You might have heard that on the news. That was a thing. Yeah. So I'm saying like Twitter is is um, waxing and waning. It's been around for like, you know, almost 15 years. So it's like, but now it's going to have its new kind of, uh, everyone going to jump back on there. I'm on True Social, for example. I try to be on everything. Telegram. Um, yeah. 
I'm posting videos on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, I'm posting yeah. videos on Spotify, and I'm trying to take advantage of wherever I can post videos, uh, alternative platforms, etc. The sad fact is that sometimes the numbers and the audiences are really aren't there, so it's not worth the uh, the actual. I'm stretching myself too thin. Sometimes I'm only a one man sure. operation. So Vimeo, I try. I don't really, you know, get on those kind of things like Rumble or BitChute. I there are so many you can't be on all of them, right? But the right. ones I'm on, I I hit hard and I hit heavy like TikTok and all that. I try to provide the best dark web evidence, best UFO videos. You saw, uh, just perusing TikTok, I try to keep it short, to the point, uh, provide the best evidence I can, uh, provide the, you know, freshest videos, the most obscure videos, the rarest videos, and that's basically my, my whole point of doing this, and, like, the reason why I think I should be doing this is because I have spent about 15 solid years on the internet looking for really, you know, obscure, dark web, what would be now known as dark web, videos, evidence, things like that. I know where to go. I know where to find it. I have collected it. Uh, you know, I have the discernment to kind of, you know, not be duped very easily, you know. Uh, and even if it's skept uh, questionable, I will post it anyway because I think you should be the judge. Everyone should judge for themselves. So as a curator and an archivist of dark web videos, uh, I think, you know, I posted somewhere around 600 on uh, TikTok. No, I mean, before the channel was taken. No, it was somewhere around 800, and there's somewhere right. around 500 videos right now. I think it's about 600 videos right now. And they reported the, you, right? And they you had lost a, a huge oh, amount of followers, yeah. right? I mean, so you had already built something. Oh, so I mean, not the original. In its own. The original channel. In its own. Yeah, the original channel was deplatformed and completely taken offline. At 37,000 followers, 270,000 likes, and 660 million views. And then they, they took it off. They, they just, you know, they say, hey, I, I woke up one morning, tried to log in, could not access that account, lost all that access to it, restarted it, rebuilt it, building it back up. But it, there's a definite censorship angle to all this. Yeah, YouTube. I had a, a good YouTube effort for about two years, posted regularly, uh, battled the community guidelines, survived the censorship strikes from, uh, you know, the Q uh, to uh, the COVID, you know, all that scandal and all that. You know, many channels got taken off. I survived, but I've been heavily shadow banned. No question about it. Heavily shadow banned. Uh, my... my channel does not show up until like you know you look until the nth degree of pages it's a shame that's like youtube i don't really support or post there anymore so it's where i am like instagram 3000 followers it should be near 30000 instagram shadow bans me but i post there every day i still post videos there i post photos there um, i challenge the system i'm not going away you know and, and, until they kick me off i'll just make another one and make another right. one another one and, yeah. Right, and the, and the purpose is, is not that you're trying to gain these followers, it's the amount of people that are getting the influence from the stories that you're able to put out. And that's the point, is that you're trying to put some truth out there, and that's the problem, is they don't like it. And I find that extremely intriguing. And I, I mean, well, if you why, notice, you know, when I came across you, I was like, I need to speak with him. Well, if right? you notice my my videos, I don't post typically uh, clickbaity or 
the the everyday mainstream hype videos. I post a very well curated collection where you can only find a lot of those videos on my actual channel. And I know it's a highly competitive field, but when you see a UFO channel that maybe posts once a week and it's nothing new, it's just what everyone's talking about, it's just right. the latest video, or the latest thing, and it's like... UFO Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I try to provide uh, so much more effort into what I do than just yeah. being like, here's the thing that everyone else is talking about. Let me share yeah. it on my page and coast. A lot of people can do that, and a lot of people like are okay with that. I try, like, on my podcast and everything, I post three times a week. I try to post uh, high quality every single time, things that I find personally riveting, very interesting, um, you know, and I hold myself to a very high degree. Exactly. As my own boss, I'm a very, very hard ass about when it comes to, you know, uh, deadlines and, and you know, uh, quality of product and everything. And, I, and I'm, I'm always, you know, trying to be literally the best in the game, uh, you yeah. know, to put it like that. It, it really is that way. Like, I, I give 150% every day when I post. I literally, when I wake up, I'm, I'm on the grind looking through records, researching, at least spending six or seven hours a day. You know, just, just absolutely posting, trying to recycle information. He's like, do this as a research effort. And, you know, like, doing it for two years, it's not a lot of time. You know, so I'm still, like, you know, very new to it. I'll admit, I'm still very, very new to this whole community. But, you know, I believe that what I'm doing is very, very uh, advanced. Like, it's, it's absolutely someone who has been doing this for 10, 15 years worth of, like, you know, quality. Right. Right, and you, you almost kind of question yourself when you're so enthralled with this subject is, am I obsessed with this? Is this an obsession? Is this something that I need to be, like, taking a break from? But no, it, it's so, it, it's something that needs to be thought about. You need to be exercising your mind. And you know what? Let's face it. This is a fascinating subject. Mm -hmm. And we know, you and I both know that it's real, being that we're both experiencers. I do want to end up, you know, speaking about what your experience was and, um, you know, that's, that's what, you know, our, our main brand here is to speak with, with experiencers, but we will go down, you know, all of the different subjects that you're, you know, you know, and I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it is that there's so many layers to this. There's the paranormal, there's all of these other layers to UAP. So, you know, and I know that you're just a library full of information. I know that you're looking into becoming a MUFON invest, uh, field investigator from what I'm aware of. So, you know, I know that you're putting in the time, the effort, and the work, and you're such a great speaker and yeah. storyteller that uh, I, I, I really you. think that you need to share. And it's well, just now I'm getting all bashful. And now I'm getting all, like, blushing, exactly. Now you're flattering <laughs> me. And exactly, now I'm like, I'm all, I'm all shy. No, <laughs> no, but okay. thank you very much. That's absolutely incredible and very high praise. I mean, I'm very flattered. I really am honored, and it's just a privilege to be able to do it, like, every day. And for as long as I can... It will always be a privilege, I think, in my in my opinion. But thank you very absolutely. much. You flatter me. You absolutely do. I have a saying on my show, and it's uh, iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. And that's right. It, it, that's like the motto that I want to have into it. I want to be uh, considered a friend for people to be able to come forward with their experiences and their stories uh, yeah. without any kind of uh, judgment or fear or skepticism. 
just to be able to share in a safe space. That's a yes. big thing people are talking about now. Excuse me, I'm drinking a soda, and it's uh, very carbonated. Mm-hmm. Um, That's okay. No, I was saying like, oh, <laughs> take a sip, everybody, take a sip. Well, I was gonna do like the, the Rick and Morty thing and start like, <laughs> no, 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 but uh, um, the the uh, the the safe space is a big thing on people's minds, right? You want to be able right. to host and and to have people feel accepted for having extraordinary and unexplainable events because they're already at a point of stress and it's so. You right. see there's a humanity behind it. There's a humanity behind it. I want to be that human face of it. I want to be that human side of it. But I also, um, you know, defend it. And, and to really, not only just to be like, hey, you know, this is a place to talk about. I'm not just curious about it. I'm not just like coast to coast where, you you know, I like, you know, the, the content. But and I want to defend great, yeah. people. He's like, I want to be like an advocate because I myself am an experiencer. Uh, I myself am open to a lot of my experiences, to a lot of other people's experiences, and I think there's more validity and more uh, honor, uh, personally, is that this is why I'm doing it, whether you agree or not, like you said, listening at home, that and more honor in defending vulnerable and weak demographics like the people who are now in this club, in this minority group, which is like, it's not becoming, a, it's not a minority group anymore, 65% already believe in UFOs, that UFO sightings are real. I've shown you the surveys, and I'll I'll be glad to send the links and everything. This is not my figures. These are just national realities. 75% of 30-somethings and younger are open-minded to alien life, you know, either existing or or visiting the planet. 85% of the people who do believe in UFOs don't think they're a threat. Not even... Not even scared of it. Or like they're open. They're welcome. They want to know. And as time moves forward, we're going to be on the right side of history, being the ones talking about this, being the ones sharing the information, being the ones who are not only open-minded to it, but believers and uh, experiencers themselves. Because it's, right. Yeah. It's people like you that are making those people comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, if we weren't here coming forth, putting our faces out there, plastering our faces across the board, saying, you know what, I don't care, I have nothing to hide, there's nothing to lose, all of the above, let's go ahead and share. It's okay. We know that you have a story to tell, mm-hmm. and we're here to listen. Well, so, you know, there have been a lot of uh, key figures in the past that I'm riding the momentum of and, of course, have to give thanks to, like Alex Collier, Corey Good, uh, people who have come out and with their own statements in times when it was extremely unpopular and very fringe, but right. on the shoulders of giants, we have to keep that momentum going. We have to right. Right. Um, never forget it's- that there has already been a significant amount of progress made and yes. never, never turn our back on it. And I think that a lot of people nowadays in 2022 have forgotten that 70 years of UFOlogy and 100 plus years of UFO sightings are open source information on archives like MUFON Library, UFO uh, statistical maps. They said, no, this is not something that's, oh, that's such a fringe and unrestricted. Like, this is something that government leaders have admitted to, world leaders have admitted to. Secretaries of Defense, Ministers of Defense of G8 nations, Israel, Canada, the United States may be skeptical, and the Pentagon is increasingly making more efforts at disclosure, but the rest of the world, including France, Mexico, Japan, Russia, 
like England have come forward already and released thousands and thousands of so it's not like uh, at this point we are behind the curve we are behind the times and we have to catch up and so that's that's nothing we have to remember that the progress America used to be the number one in UFO research and now it's clearly behind the times about 20 years in terms of mental um, acceptance of the issue acceptance yeah but it's not yeah. the so it's not so much the case because ancient aliens were very open ancient aliens on the history channel they show that all day today I'm saying like we are open to the conversation but we still have to we have to get past the mindsets of uh, fearing and catering towards skepticism and and right. a type of scientism that in itself is robbing us of what we've already made in terms of progress. Uh, you know, in, in terms of alien abduction, eyewitness encounter reporting and the statistics of studying of those. The idea of alien implants when it comes to physical evidence. I know UAP researchers as a genre in the greater UFO community, just like how dubstep is a genre of the greater dance music genre, you know, dance music sure. domain, it, it itself is prioritizing evidence and a type of pentagon, a government type official, like reporting, like MUFON does, it's the same, like analytics of different parameters of information, which we can, uh, uh, we can absolutely have. I'm saying, like, the idea is everyone is working towards a way of figuring this out, and we are going to. I say I think we can with who we're, you know, how we're all working together. Sure. I, you know, it feels like we're gaining momentum again. It felt like there was a little bit of a lull last year. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. But when those times happen, I mean, it's soul-crushing. It's soul-crushing for researchers, and you're going, okay, look, we, we're, we're, we're finding out information. Things start to feel like they're starting to kind of unfold and unveil themselves. But you know what, let's face it, we need to have patience within this community. That's a big deal, and that causes a lot of um, up, like uptick and, and up, upset when people want to see things right away. And the thing is, is things need to be multi-vetted. They need to be looked over by analysts, scientifics, data, all of these things before actualizing information. There's, so I think... You oh, know, no, you're absolutely right. And there's a big idea of who... Who has the most power, and why do people think they have power in a conversation about reality and not reality? Like, do academic schools, universities, professors in those universities have more persuasion, yes they do, in our society than eyewitnesses without degrees? And so you can start saying, I only care about highly educated, higher academics with sober minds and, and good reputations and, fa and faculty jobs in universities. And there will still be thousands of UFO reports that match that, that one criteria. And so the idea of it is being, there is a literal human history of UFOs that needs to be incorporated into our history. And just like how it, yeah, it's not for everybody, and and some people just genuinely do not care, and I get that. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, I, I and, and some people will always deny it. Like we've talked about before, there are flat earthers who think the world is flat, and let them believe what they want to believe. But at some point, you have to think this is a belief, and a belief is that we're not here to change beliefs. 
I'm not here to convert people or think it's a religion of, 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 of ufology of cosmicism. Like some people think it is and should be treated like, oh, we should treat UFOs on a faith base. And I'm like, no, we we yeah, it's evidence and it's eyewitness reports. But if if people are thinking that only loonies or fringe outcasts in rural areas see UFOs when no one else is around and they're all um, uh, misidentified natural phenomenon and, and uh, hallucinations of drugs and mass hallucinations. Really go through those archives and, and, and see that mass sightings over major cities with airline pilots, military personnel, like I said, government, former presidents, Jimmy Carter, uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, there is, there is, um, there's, exactly, there's, there's no question that this is real. The only question is, what really is going on? Oh, it seems that she has frozen again. We'll give her a couple of minutes. Oh yeah, you're back online. Okay. We're back. So yeah, more government agencies must have been hacking in. Honestly, it's either the three-letter guys or it's the it's the beings. <laughs> and I mean, or it could be the energy right now cast cast through the wires. If the internet is now wireless, the computer I'm talking to has no wires in it, right? It's all through Wi-Fi beams. My body can generate electromagnetic charge, static, uh, static electricity, just pure power, and that's on the airwaves too. It's like it's like a it's it's almost like when mankind figures it out, we won't even need batteries. We'll be able to power electronics with our bodies. That is an absolute reality. Uh, currently, right now, I'm wearing a magnetic bracelet. It has no string in it. It's just a magnet. <laughs> this is just a magnet. Very cool. Oh, let's I go. love it. And what does that do for your body? It, it helps with arthritis. It helps with joint pain. And it helps with uh, magnetizing, energizing my blood flow. But I'm saying, people, people will learn what Tesla already knew, and that is magnets and electricity and the human body are all built for each other. And it all synchronizes and synergizes. Why do you think people get hit by lightning? It's because we have more charge in us than anything around us, including trees. Uh, it's like, like, like human beings are uh, really the, the most powerful source of energy on the earth. The human heart. Yeah, we really do have a lot of energy running through us. And a lot of actual experiencers do experience some energetic, almost static feelings from what I've been collecting as far as data goes. I have a lot of experiencers that see either they have this electromagnetic field, mm -hmm. they have like almost little zaps of energy, and this is after viewing a UAP. Yes. And there's also a trend that I'm noticing that they do view paranormal. Electromagnetic uh, uh, spikes, uh, uh, raises in the spectrum have been associated with the paranormal. Uh, that's one of the earlier discoveries during the Mothman incident, believe it or not, by John Keel. That it, it's called the super spectrum. That basically, if you believe in the holograph, holographic universe theory or the electric universe theory, that physical matter is nothing but different states of energy condensed down to different vibrational densities, right? And the paranormal, like UFOs, are really either travelers through spectrums or uh, are uh, 
perceptions into different energy spectrums that we are not normally able to perceive. But either through their own actions or ours, we can. And, and the, the fact is that they're always there, just at some kind of higher state of reality, or like a radio wave, or like, uh, you know, uh, ultraviolet light. And that all around you, there's ultraviolet light, but you can't perceive it, but honeybees can. Like, you know, it's biologically possible to perceive it. It may involve environmental factors, like the weather. When it overcharges, then you can see it. A lot of anti-gravity, for example, anti-gravity research. The reason why it's so mysterious and people think it's science fiction is because the real term is called electrogravitics. Electrogravitics is a real-life aviation technology and research direction for using high-voltage electricity to literally force an object above, gra uh, above um, its uh, yes. gravity, its gravitational hold, so allowing levitation and flight without the use of aerodynamics. You basically create an unbreakable cushion of electric electricity that allows you to hold position once it's functioning correctly, but you're basically an electronic shield, so at night you glow like a lightning bug. This is what a lot of these UFOs are. Now, this is a technology that mankind knows about. The B-2 stealth bomber, or the, yeah, the B-2, I think it's the B-2, uh, the Raider, the stealth bomber flying wing. Oh, yeah, my family actually worked on the stealth bomber. Yeah, the one they bought at LAX. What's so special about that is not only the stealth skin, it has an ability to create a plasma bubble around itself, which is electrogravitics, and thus lighten the density of all its payload. It can carry a, sup a superior amount of weight without uh, the amount of energy you would expect it to be able to, and no one could figure this out until it's now, it's not top secret, it's super obscure. You have to really listen to professors and shit like that talk about this stuff to really get it. Right. That That's right. not I, only possible, would, yeah, it's, it's old technology. I, They've been using I, this since the 50s. Yeah. I believe that there is an electromagnetic field that <coughs> these crafts are being... Yes, the UFO um, highway, yeah. Under the 33rd parallel, ley lines, uh, earthquakes when they generate plasma electronics, grid systems, reservoirs, nuclear energy, uh, reactors, and missile silo sites, all are electromagnetically linked. Somehow, this all has to do, even with human chakras... Even with the ability of psychic projections, ESP and beyond, just like Wi-Fi, it's all on the electromagnetic spectrums. Like I said, it's all related science. The people who are working on uh, telecommunication and satellite GPS systems and relays use the same system that these UFO knots have, and that's been theorized since the very beginning, since Tesla days and stuff like that. And then Tesla was in communication, he said, with Martians using wireless radio. I'm saying, like, you, people are like, yes, it, Tesla would look, you, it was very serious about this and wrote it down, that he was in communication using radio waves with other intelligent beings. And this was in the 1920s. Like, people are way more advanced than you want to give them credit for, and that's because a theory called the breakaway civilization, saying that people like Rockefeller using the national security apparatus in the War Act of 1936 basically created a censorship state where all good technology becomes national security property 
and uh, things like electrogravitics, the water-powered car, uh, things that people would, like, what, what are they using? Fuel, water, and UFOs have been seen near reservoirs, oceans, sucking up massive amounts of water. And, and <laughs> seawater is, is absolutely a limitless source, which is why a lot of UFOs are seen near the ocean. And it makes sense if you're going to have a fleet of operating vehicles. See, it, it all logically starts explaining itself when you think um, that these are real-life engineered craft, but they're using what... It's not uh, impossible. It's not magic. It's just really high technology. And the technology is not impossible to know. We've already, uh, since, the ninth, since the 20th century, since Russians like Dyson created the Dyson Sphere in our imagination, since, uh, you know, we called it science fiction for the longest time, but Arthur C. Clarke created the, the satellite, the concept of the satellite. He was a science fiction writer. Space elevators, things like that. Like the space program. You have to I dream. Do to, I do want to chime in, though. I do think that there is some magic involved. I do, I do have to say that. We all There's have to believe in magic. magic we all have to believe in magic. It's just a hocus pocus, right? PFM. Yeah. <laughs> in the Navy, they called it PFM, which is pure fucking magic. Uh, if, if you don't know, uh, PFM is anything that you don't know about or you can't explain. You're just like, this works because it's PFM. And it's just, nice. I don't know how... everybody, PFM. Well, it... We're going to take over UFO Twitter with PFM. In, in the CIA, in their own documents, they have an acronym that stands for Freaky Science, or basically Strange Things in Freaky Science, which is what they themselves use to report UFO activity as. Strange Things in Freaky Science, because it's like, like, well, I mean, they're like, and it phased out of existence, and you're like, you can't, it's just, it operated with strange things in freaky ma and freaky science. And that's, it's, Arthur C. Clarke said it best. Technology that's sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. And because it's not operating as you know the world to work. Oh no, that revelation caused the three-letter agencies, the, the glowies... They got stuff again. Oh, no, she's back. She's back. The glowies got I'm you. Back. I'm back. I'm back. But you know what? We, we have about a half an hour left in our podcast yep. here, so I do want to go down the rabbit hole with you on your experience. Is that... Yeah, absolutely. I'll try to yeah. run through them. I'll have uh, about 10 minutes on each if you want to keep some time just so we don't, like, overextend. I have two personal accounts, and I have uh, one I want to... Uh, get into that's not my account, but it's a Corpus Christi, Texas account that I think is fascinating. It happened 2017, very recent, only five years ago. I remember this event, Hurricane Harvey, in 2017, like it was yesterday. It was super big news here. I'm thinking, like, we got hit by a hurricane, power was out for a week. I remember 2017 that day, like, um, like a hurt, like it was yesterday. I still have memories of it sometimes, just driving down the road. And it, we, we still are dealing with the aftermath. And a UFO is reported to have landed by the Nueces River during this event, during the hurricane hit. And it, it's, it's an amazing account, so we'll get to it. But these first two are mine. Okay, so I know. Let's do it. Let's dive in. I know, um, exactly. Like, there's going to be a lot of uh, questions on your side, so feel free to ask them. And I'll try to explain it. Uh, but let me read it through once first. Okay, so yeah. 
Okay, so the first one is a my account that happened in 2012, and it happened on October 31st, if you can believe it, Virginia Beach, NAS Oceana, right? So, Virginia Beach, October 31st, 2012. I was a United States Navy Airman, Petty Officer, 3rd Class Station at this time, and Naval Air Station, Oceana. I will not go into too much detail, but this is considered a master jet base for all active duty deployment of all squadrons on carriers serving in the Middle East, Africa, and European commands and carrier groups. Basically, if you're in the Atlantic Ocean, you, your plane ha or your jet or has come through this base for maintenance, landing, refueling, or, or this is where your uh, pilots are actually stationed and living in the barracks housing, right? I'm not going to go into too much detail about what I was doing that night or who I was with, but yeah, basically... Uh, at some point at that night, I wanted to be alone. I was an insomniac, so after trying to uh, sleep, I decided to go for a walk. Okay, so it's a daily uh, master jet base with 24-hour, uh, seven days a week activity. So, you know, at this point, he's like, the jet noise, there's still jets flying around doing sorties, but it's dark. It was uh, about 3 a.m., about 2 a.m. when I started. It's about 3 a.m. when I got to this point. In the rear... So basically, uh, in the in the rear part of the base is a forest, right? So let me just kind of go through my notes. I'm getting a little bit excited just by remembering sure. it. No, it's yeah. exciting, and especially when you're 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 sharing it, not only just reading it, but you're showing your face, and I think that that's incredibly vulnerable. You know, this is a very intimate moment that's happened, and I mean, I'm just I'm appreciative that you're willing to do this i know you you have your platform with your your followers and all of that but i mean this is this is something that does take time i mean take your time yeah i'm, I'm just trying to I'm, I'm realizing now i'm kind of just getting really uh into it yeah. i'm trying to cover cool. something so i was an aviation electrician myself i was called in f-18s and already a petty officer third class at this point so i'm not new um, or unfamiliar with planes, the jets on the base, how aircraft move, aircraft large and small for the platforms, jets, turboprops, VTOL, which is vertical takeoff and landing, or helicopters of all kinds, including Air Force, Navy, Army, Coast Guard, civilian. Uh, like Air Force One landed twice at the base, and we were there both times for seeing it. Um, or I was there for both times, you know, basically there to greet it as it landed. Like, you know, it's not something where I was like, oh, planes, I've never seen these before, right? Like I said, this is not new for me. I was already very, I was already at the point where I was over it, basically. Like, I was, you know, I couldn't sleep. I was suffering insomnia and would take these long walks all over, usually in my uniform. Two reasons, low visibility at night and everyone thinks you're on your own duty or security patrol or just moving between watches or service duties and walking towards the rear of the base. Uh, past the airstrips and the runways, past the service hangars, um, basically there, it looped around and a, on a road and it went out for about two miles and then it looped a trail and you could walk in the back uh, in a forest and there were different kinds of little like huts for the missile techs and stuff to work in for missiles and there was explosives is where they kept them but basically at night you could just walk on these trails and it was pristine next to a forest on a government property. Uh, Virginia swamp woods, right? So tall, tall, but thin cedar pines, and definitely like you'd call it the sticks. Super country, like it's a forest with a trail through it, right? And every night, I, this is not my first night walking. I'd walk when I couldn't sleep, just basically around like this big five, six mile loop, right? And it'd take a couple hours, but this I'm used to the area. I'm alone. I know I'm gonna be alone. It's not my first night doing it. No one is back there. No one would 
is like, either has permission to be back there or would go like I don't have a risk of being caught. I'm literally the only person back here. Like I said, I am in the woods. Like this is I'm on the base, but I'm also in the woods, like Virginia swamp woods. Like this is like you see foxes and like just snakes and like like you know it it's like there was uh one of my neighbors when I moved off base was a dragonfly scientist who was studying this like type of dragonfly that was only found there. Like, it was, like, land the time forgot kind of thing. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm saying, like, it was deep woods, right? Not next to a street, so, the, so, yeah. Okay. So there I am walking alone. You're exploring there, at night. Well, there yeah. I, basically walking a trail, uh, so, dead silence, right? I can still hear the jets in the distance. They're about a mile off, um, you know, but they're all, you can, they're, they're flying, you can hear them. But I don't hear any bugs, no birds, nothing. I started getting a little bit of that spider sense, a little bit of that sixth sense. Something wasn't up. I was being watched. I thought I was being followed and someone was looking at me, right? So I pull out my flashlight. Uh, I look around. Behind me, no one there. I then swing the flashlight to the tree line, expecting to see an animal. But I still didn't hear anything. And I didn't hear anything this entire time, right? So... When I flat my uh, flashlight basically over there, um, I wasn't armed or anything. I was just in my uniform with a flashlight and my keys and basically a phone and all that. So I flip my flashlight over there. <sighs> I saw it. I saw a black diamond shaped like two pyramids or two triangles, base to base, pointy ends on north and south. Kind of like the detail you have behind you. Complete angular black two pyramids on top of each other. It is about 10 feet tall and about, I'd say about 4 feet, maybe 5 feet wide. Skinnier, much skinnier about by half than it is tall. Just this okay. tall shard of pure black in the tree line. Hmm. And it's just, it's stopped. It's, it's not moving, it's just there. And it, so, the base point is floating above the ground, but within the trees, which were tall. Like, the trees were 50 to 80 feet are sometimes 100 feet tall, and this thing, like I said, by, when I saw it, it, was very little. It was just in there, in the tree line, like it was, like it was just, it was in there. Like it was naturally, like just in there. I've seen this before. Uh, uh, so very talk about the trees. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was shining my light into the trees, and this craft was there, like it was there, like I said, like like it was just naturally, like, like it was in the tree line, just kind of like it was like. Uh, not crashed, not crashed. That's what I'm trying to explain it. Like it wasn't crashed. It wasn't in like like it wasn't like in difficulty. It was like weird that it was flying in the forest, right? Of hovering a few feet off the ground, but it wasn't right. flying. It was just like you know, kind of hovering and planting itself and moving up and down to the next. Location. It hadn't moved yet. It hadn't moved it. It was just kind of like like imagine if you're looking at trees. And in the tree line, you see this fucking pyramid shard thing just kind of just standing there, and you're like, like that that like, that's not, that shouldn't be there. Like that was like it was like whoop, and it was like right. you just saw it. And like I say, it wasn't doing anything. It was just kind of hanging out. Like it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't like it was just like like that's where it was. About what year was this again? 2012. Okay. And then, do you, in the color of it, was it like a light gray? Was it no? Dark? It was black. Was it so, black? so black? I'll get into the I'll get into the physical description. I couldn't believe okay. my eyes. Okay. Uh, I was shining my light into the trees, and this craft was there, like it was just, like it was there. 
and like I said, I almost walked past it. Like if I hadn't looked at it, I would just walked past it. Like like I, I, I went, It was camouflage and within the trees. It was it was hiding. That's what I'm saying. Like it was like it was. I, I have the feeling like whether or not I do question whether or not like it was there and I saw it because I was, I found it or I I, I was I wasn't supposed to be there or it was just like always there and I just hadn't seen it before. Like I said, it was just kind of there. So anyway. Well, uh, I, I believe I believe that they follow patterns, and it probably knew where to come again. Well, I, and it was interested in you. I have the there physical was description. It had an interest in you. I have the physical description right here, so I shouldn't be seeing this. Uh, that was the feeling. Like, it was something very wrong. Um, I, I caught it. Like that, that was the feeling. Like I caught it. Like uh, and I felt yeah. like it was wrong. I felt like I had I had messed up. I felt like I should not be seeing this. I shouldn't be seeing this, but I was physically now seeing it and engaged. Stopping time as my adrenaline surged, and the moment I, was, I made out details. Uh, it was black, not just in the darkness, not just a shadow, but an onyx, ebony, venta, black, type stealth. Like, it was, I didn't know how to put it in words until I've seen Vinza black later on now in my life. I am 35 years old, I've seen Vinza black, I've seen painted that color black. Vinsa black, where it's just like that color of black that's so black it doesn't even shine light back. It's just like this, like yes. incredibly dark surface. And what happened now? In the moment, I could see the mist of the forest floor floating up, as if though there was no air coming off this thing, as if it wasn't even like you see it was perfectly still, and you could see the mist rising up around it. Like I said, like it was there. Before I saw it, and it was not moving. When I saw it, as I'm watching the mist rise up around it, what, this, this, so there was no air blowing, no sound, no lights, no heat or energy from it, and the moment just hovered off the ground, pure black, like it, it was a mon, like it was a statue, and it was just like, at that point, my light, as it was hitting it, began to become absorbed by it. I still can't explain this memory. The light seemed to get sucked into the UFO. And I hesitate to say that because it was like not a thing, but I, like, a, like an aircraft. I felt like it was a being. I felt like it was alive, and somehow I had woke it up. I know that's a weird word to say around it, like an activating. But I felt like at that point the light sucked into this thing, and it became completely black around it still not reflecting any light, and moved and advanced forward towards me. This is through the tree line, hovering off the ground. Just as it rushed towards me, at that point, um, let's see, moment instinctively wanted to call it waking, but of course no idea or context of this, no cause or effect certainty, just intuition that this thing was now on. And the first impressions are remember these events at a later date, as I could not remember these events at the point later, the lightning on around a faded and around it, and it seemed like my flashlight cut off. And in the darkness, I could still this thing, uh, I still see it like a silhouette or a shadow moving straight at me. Uh, the night was blue. The, it was a very starry night. It was a very clear night, and there was no ambient light pollution. So, but it was dark. But you could still see this thing as darker than the night it was in. And it was rushing towards me, and that was the last memory I can't actually get from this, right? And so, and it begins to advance towards me. That's my last memory of that event. And there's a whole backstory to it too afterwards, where 
I wake up in my car afterwards. I cannot find my cap. I, it's in the morning because of Reveille, where they when they play music and they're raising the flag and everything. Everyone's standing there saluting, and there's P, like PT going on. And if you ever lived on a military base, you know when it's 7 a.m. and you know and you're like fuck. And I, I was late to work, so I couldn't find my cap, and then I was rushing. I got a new cap. When I went into the actual uh, division that I was working in, I was met by a chaplain and officers, and there was a lot of questioning. I had to sign a. Uh, 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 situation report because I was found by base security on that trail and there is no base security that would go down in that trail as a rover or patrol so there's a whole lot of mysterious and strange events that re- afterwards involving a very quick exit from the Navy um, due to a lot of extraneous circumstances but never again was it the same in the service after that for me and there was a lot of uh, staying at Bethesda, which has a huge connection to the UFO movement um, in terms of uh, James Forrestal. And um, there was a lot of incidents in Virginia Beach that decade from 2010 to 2020 of disclosure where pilots would come out talking about radical UFO encounters in F-18s. A lot of United States Navy disclosure or, uh, or encounters or incidents, radar reports, for example, with unidentified UAPs, um, that is in Virginia Beach. That is in that area, that same base. Uh, that is like the, the Area 51 of the East Coast. Like it's yes. not as secret, but it has a lot of activity, a lot. Like Florida Keys... Um, around there, Long Island, there's a lot of East Coast facilities that the United States Navy um, has bases near that are UFO hotspots, like the Hudson River uh, in New York State. Like, on uh, the East Coast, Virginia, is it's, it's one of those things where I've always thought that I think everywhere UFOs are always flying over. I think they're, they're around us all the time. I think that they're underground or or in a parallel reality. I don't know whether or not the government knew or what side they're on for certain, but because I cannot really remember a lot of the events during that that onslaught where it rushed towards me. There's a lot of memory gaps, but that is something I recovered during years later during hypnotic regression therapy that I have had the luck of undertaking. I used to know somebody who was very skilled at it. And I've done a lot of work personally to get these memories back. But at the time, no, I did not have any active working memory of this event. Just the aftermath and the confusion and effects afterwards where they had even said I was epileptic and that I had a basically a, a, a seizure. And like I said, they, they were trying to very classic military UFO cover-up. Yeah, very textbook. Yeah, very I'm textbook sure minute. That. No, I'm saying very. Afterwards, you're right. You're very. And, and I, I have now seen it with different eyes. I now see it with a mature eyes. But at the time, I was right. a 24 year yep. old who just wanted not to be in trouble with the military <laughs> at all with anyone. But the military is someone you do not want to be in trouble with. He's like, as a 24-year-old, have your entire life ahead of you ruined, all your benefits taken away, why was, why'd you even do it? It's a waste of time type thing. Just because you didn't want to, you were in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Or, or if that was indeed just as simple as it was. 
that I was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time because of my own past life experiences that I've caught. Not going to go into now because it's a, too much of a rabbit hole. But if you okay. listen to the podcast and everything, yeah, next show, we'll talk about it. It, it. it may all be much more complicated and complex for me myself when it comes to this, um, these experiences and these visitations, these encounters, uh, you know, than the average person. But that's something that we'll always talk about later. So, yeah, that was the first. And so to go through your, your checklist, anti-gravity. Uh, no external exhaust was seen or conventional aerodynamics like flight surfaces or propellers. There was no heat, no sound, no explanation for how it was hovering or how it advanced. Right? Like I said, low vis- observability. It was visibly and physically completely hidden in the tree, tree line. Sorry, uh, the tree line, if my flashlight hadn't hit it and I hadn't looked, I would never have seen it. And like I said, it was, it was extremely black. It was extremely dark. It was almost otherworldly. So like I said, Vince of Black, that, that is the only thing I've seen come close to it. Uh, when it comes to like when you see a car painted in Vince of Black and you're like, that's it. That, that's exactly what it looked like. Like it was yeah. just, like you couldn't see any detail. It was just like surface. Like it was just a plane. Like I said, like it yeah. was just... And for the longest time, with the light being able to suck into it, I think it might have even been able to amplify that being a, a pure night nocturnal type craft. Like right, so, and the, also them being not detected by radar, I think that's part of their MO, if you will. They're, yep. They are darkest of the dark. They want to blend into the night sky. Yep. They do not want to be seen. And they're not going to be detected by radar. No, no, and, and, and that makes sense. Venta Black is a beautiful description. Yep. And I love it, that. Instantaneous acceleration. Yes, it did accelerate and advance forward easily without jolting or making noise or emitting any light during the moment I had saw it move. Uh, light, sound, shape, and color. None. No light. Sound. It was silent. Absolutely silent. Never heard it. Uh, mm-hmm. Shape. It was like two diamond. It was two triangles. A diamond. It was basically a diamond shape. Uh, color. It was black. That's it. Absolute pitch black. Feelings yeah. after. Uh, memory loss and missing time. A lot of confusion, a lot of anxiety, a lot of inner turmoil and pain that I masked with addiction and uh, men in black level military interference for years after that. Uh, Sorry to hear that. It's a, very, it's a very usual reaction for a lot of men who are abducted, especially with military experiences. Are, a lot of it is... Uh, a lot of it's internalized. It's internalized. And I'd say four out of five men who suffer abductions alone never tell anyone. Never tell a soul. You would be surprised. Just multi-generations of people who are like, yeah, like, you know, cowboy types who are like, yeah, I saw a UFO when I was a child. Uh, you know, stuff like that. You know, they'll, you would never expect it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in Texas, I hear it all the time. Now people are open talking about it. Most people have experience that they had never told anyone, never told their wife, never told their kids, just, right. you know, weird, I'd say it's one of those things. Uh, right, well, and the, you know, and that stigma is being wiped away, you know, yep. I mean, the fear of, well, is my job going to accept me? Exactly. I think that there's a lot more people that are people, on board with what's going on in our airspace than there ever has been before, so I think that, you know, thankful for that but it's it's unfortunate for people such as yourself that have had to go through those motions where you're going look i'm made to be feeling this like less of a person i'm made to be feeling like i'm lying or i'm not telling the truth 
or that I'm like fabricating some some situation that never happened. And you know what? It absolutely did. And now you're able to come forth and speak about it. And I know you have a career and you have a normal life and all of that, but this has got to be, has probably been weighing on you for all of these years. And it's a, it's a great part of your life now. And I think that, you know, what you do now is, is just going to help people down the line later. Well, I mean, the younger kids need to be educated also. The new generation needs to be aware of what's happening and to, to be able to come forth without having those feelings that, you know, people like us have had. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I know you're, you are an experiencer yourself. I listened to your experience on a podcast earlier today and absolutely would like to talk to you more about that. Absolutely. Thank you know, interview you in turn and, and hear you. how your experience really affected you and how you grew up with that and, and how that shaped who you are today. No, I'm saying, Thank like, people, people like us need to talk more about what we've gone through. And it just, it, to help build that bridge, build a bond between a community. It's just, it's, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed or afraid of, to, be, to want to talk to someone about something that you've gone through. It, it's, like, it's just human. So, uh, we'll go to the second one. Uh, the second UFO example. So, seven orange orbs uh, I've seen flying over Corpus Christi, Texas on New Year's Eve 2000 natural or when something's normal or conventional oh no i think she froze again uh come back oh yeah you you're are. fine there you go i'm so, sorry about that. no so, I, but yeah but i mean and but the thing is though let, and let me just say this right now so i i do have a close friend that did just recently capture the phenomenon um in a paranormal manner and potential skinwalker manner via a um night camp night vision mm and other scientific equipment with multiple people who have who have seen this. So it, and it's being vetted right now, it's being studied and all of that fun stuff. So you have people that have like images of, oh I think I've seen a UAP and they put it right out on the internet. Well if you have something that you think that this that great of evidence and information Sure, you want to share it, but also you need to send it to the appropriate people to you know, study those items. I really so think that the, it's yeah, more the a case. That you have, I have people you can send it to. Oh, right? I, I I've already posted them online. I would love. Okay. Oh, I've I know already. You do. You have way more people to follow than, than no. that follow you than I do. Well, but I do know a few people. The thing with that so is that a I lot of the evidence that. in photography, forensically, is uh, yeah. it's it's. It's impressive, but it's not remarkable. We have right. lights in the sky photos from here to, to the end of the world, from here to kingdom come. And adding I adding my lights in the sky photos, even though it's a really cool experience. No, it's a mass sighting. Saw it with my family. Yeah. Uh, I, it was flew over the city, and I'm surprised that so few people were even like able to see it or record it. Um, the idea, yeah. though, is that... Um, like I posted online, I'm not I'm not hiding the information. Everyone can go on Instagram and find the posts and 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 look it up. I'll post it again yes. after this conversation. I'll go back and repost it. Yes. Um, but like, was that we couldn't identify it? I don't think they're identifiable. They're just orange plasma spheres. The the idea of like uh, there being a smoking gun photo. I know I'm probably not going to take that. I I know I'm probably not going to be able to record the thing that gets everyone convinced but um you know we should all be trying and it doesn't matter if you got a a degree or not you know you know 
you know what's weird and what's not. And if you see a silver tic-tac flying in the sky without wings, yeah, film that thing. He's like, film it. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. Like, I encourage everyone, you know, high school diploma, GED, dropout, whatever. Exactly. Like, you, you get that camera out, you try your best. Um, but, okay, so get, get into it. Um, the anti-gravity. Not conventional, but it was too far out to make any details. See, I already have it written down. I already got the... No, too far out to make any details. The methodology of uh, the sighting was just... It was orbs. Orbs of orange light. Low observability. They were not physically large. They were the largest thing in the sky, but they were not physically large objects. They moved slowly across the sky for about, I'd say, 30 to 40 minutes. No video exists as far as we know, and the pictures are the only evidence. Like I said, it was not a, it was not a fast thing. These were these were absolutely a very like I said, and for a while it seemed like they were just waiting, uh, as this one kind of like it seemed to get energy to go up in the park. Light, sound, shape, color, made of orange light. They were silent. They were just orbs of light, orange or amber light. Uh, feelings after frustration and not being able to get a video. Uh, having read about like that later, the phone camera's turning off or failing. The situation of frustration still kind of lingers, but I'm happy to have seen it, got at least the photographs, and my family can corroborate it. Right? So, did you see something in the atmosphere prior to the prior to it, the sixth sense? Not really. Like I said, it was New Year's Eve. The fireworks had been launching for hours. I had no idea anything like that could would happen over Corpus Christi, Texas, especially on such a busy night. Personally, I do not feel specific auras or vibes or urges to look up in the sky, but I feel like my parents must have had some kind of sixth sense since they were sky watching. But of course, that you know, this was New Year's Eve. Now, whether anything at all was connected, whether the date, New Year's Eve, the fireworks, the the UFOs themselves, or ourselves uh, as observers. Uh, whether or not any of this was connected, whether or not any of it was circumstantially related or was it just coincidence, I can't say for sure. But that night, it's like we saw, as a family, in our front yard, seven objects, one four wing, uh, four at a time, flying in order, and the, the three with the one that could barely get up and fly, and I thought it was going to crash. As fireworks waned around us, and it was very clear what was going on, in person, that's like, like even though our cameras didn't record the evidence and we only got photos of it, the photos don't do it justice to actually have seen it in person. Like, and many people who have seen UFOs that can attest to. Like I said, it could change your life and you take a photo and it's just a little white ball in the sky and a black photo and you're like, but in person it made a lot, it was far more impressive as you saw it like fly around and you just were like, yeah. yeah so uh, I'll repost the photos instantly. Now, wait, 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 let me chime in. Hold on, slow down. Because you're a fast talker and you're an incredibly great storyteller. Thanks. So, how hard would it be for your family to say, come forward and just give us a little synopsis of what happened that night? Oh, they're, they're just very private people. Like, okay. like I said, uh, not not everyone who sees a UFO, especially in Corpus Christi, wants to to be on air, wants to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Most of the people I ask to come online and everything are like, no, this is just for friends. This is just, you can use it as an anonymous, don't say my name. Type no, I'm saying like that, that and, and even I am not like saying names of, uh, you know, them or anything like that. It's just like I want to kind of just be known that I was not like, you know, alone. Which like I said, mass sightings have more validity. Like I said, during the mental game of skepticism, 
and then and then the idea of it being like, would, were you with your friends? Were you partying? Was it like you know the vibe? No, no, it was my parents. Like, trust me, yeah. this would not be something that I would be like open my. Like, you saw it with your parents. Like, you know, you weren't like. You know, like you said, you weren't hallucinating on acid at a at a park at a concert, being like you saw some lights in the sky, man. Like no, it's like you were with your parents. They woke me up. I, I was already asleep. They were like, they were late. They were up later than I was. That's like that's the weirdest part of it was that they were still up, and I was like, I'm too old for this. I I'm going to go to sleep. Like I need to be in bed. But yeah, one one uh sighting that's not mine, but is incredible. I'll show you guys right now the screenshot. This is large mystery UFO reported to have landed in Corpus Christi during Hurricane Harvey. Right? Not make this up. This is from Texas UFO, TexasUFOSightings.com. Right? So everyone at home can see it. Not my sighting, but, but this is what I'm going to be reading. Uh, when? August 25th, 2017 at 1.30 a.m. Where? Corpus Christi. What? Large round humming craft lands, flashes lights, and then disappears. A really amazing sighting of a large humming mystery craft landed in Corpus Christi, Texas neighborhood during Hurricane Harvey has been submitted to MUFON. Case number 86539. So it is a MUFON case. This is where I read it from. In the records, while doing my own research, I have never heard this case on a mainstream source. I have never heard this case on anyone but my own uh, research talking about it, right? Which is a shame. This is absolutely one of the great, like, cases of UFOs landing in the modern day. Hurricane Harvey was occurring the evening of August 25th, 2017. The power was off. The winds were hitting the west side of our house. We were hot due to no air conditioning as we opened our living room windows and front door east side of our house. There was no rain or high winds coming inside from this east side. All we could do was sit and ride out the hurricane. We sat and watched the neighbors' pecan tree bending and whipping into the high winds and gusts. Around 1.30 a.m. or so, as we sat in the dark of a living room, watching the storm increase in intensity, all of a sudden, a, I heard a very deep hum. I started to say, what is that deep humming noise? At that same moment, appearing before my eyes was an object, descending down to the middle of our vacant street. It appeared almost as wide as the street, as best I could tell, being dark and storming outside. In spite of the tremendous winds and rain whirring outside, I heard this hum. I thought at first I was seeing a tow truck or something, but that made no sense, for it was the wrong shape and lighting. This object appeared round, fattish, one red light on top, which turned into multiple red lights, an LED glowing white type of light that encircled the entire circumference of the craft. As the craft descended to ground level, it slowly began to move to the right. As it moved right, the white circumference light appeared to starburst, like glow in a flash. It's a bit hard to describe. A brilliant flashing. I immediately began looking through our front door, expecting to see something. I saw the leading edge of this thing as it flashed a brilliant white light, then I saw what looked like sparks, a Roman candle firework type of spark. I guess as this thing was disappearing in the manner it left, it shot out sparks. The sparks were rectangular, brilliant, white, edged in a brilliant gold, and curly-hued. All I could think at this point was those sparks are on the far side and near the side of that utility pole. I hope it doesn't catch fire. 
funny since it was raining outside. The sparks appear to shoot up and away from the brilliant white light, then gently fall to the ground. Like very delicate confetti, it was very beautiful. I truly believe that this submission was some type of thing as it disappeared, the craft simply disappeared before our eyes almost as fast as it appeared. It did not leave or fly away. It simply disappeared. The craft did not appear to be affected by the hurricane's high winds or force of rain. Uh, I've seen several unexplained things during my 60 years of life. In my backyard, too, about 21 or 22 years ago, my husband witnessed this also. I have always been skeptical of people saying that they see multicolored lights on these things, though being a believer, I now know that I saw multi-lights on this thing because this thing had what appeared one red light on top and that multiplied into several red lights. There was nothing in that street after the intense flash, no vehicle or markings of any kind. I sat bewildered as my husband brain uh as my husband uh sat with me my brain was desperate to grab anything to make sense of it but we just couldn't because it's not something we recognized we have no trees in our front yard our view was unencumbered as fearful as i was sitting through this horrible hurricane i remain intrigued by what we had just witnessed my husband did not see the detail i did but he was looking at it the time i was and did not last long. He did indeed see the flash circle of light and says, thank you for reading this. It is true. Anonymous. Wow. Yep. Yeah. No, and them just disappearing, that's what I would like to know, is when they decide to leave the atmosphere, some people report uh, streams of light, a flash of light, and they just disappear. And I wonder if that is their form of you know, beaming back to whatever galaxy they're going back to. Um, yeah, and I, I think it could it, be it, something. There's got to be an explanation to that. Like, how? Why do they leave so quickly? How? It, it, how does that occur? It could be something to do with the multidimensionality of it. The idea right. that they're not traveling through space but through dimensions, and yes. that no one really thinks about what it means to go through a wormhole or to teleport or to warp jump. We think it has this visual, um, like, portal, like, very, like, you know, movies. What if it's just, you just blink out of existence, like, right. you're there, and then one minute you're gone, like, just poop, like, you, you pop, and just, like, it's, it's like Quantum Leap with Owl, and Owl would just show up in spots, because that's quantum travel. Like, if you're time traveling, you there's not, and maybe even that's what we were seeing, time travel. With the hurricane being uh, interference, or them charging inside the hurricane, somehow to say the hurricane was not affected may 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 or may not be true. But obviously, it is more connected if it's the setting, right? This UFO can be argued to not have landed if the hurricane had not been there. But the UFOs seem not to mind the hurricane, just being able to kind of unfazed keep traveling out. But the sparks, the sparks, um, you know, could be indicative of damage. That maybe the thing was uh, not operating, you know, correctly. Maybe it was uh, 
suffering some kind of engine damage, if for lack of a better word. The sparks, it, it was a quick and fast incident, like most of these UFO incidences truly are. But another part of me wants to think that maybe there's more to it. Maybe there is a complete abduction scenario that occurred that she is unable to remember, just like I was unable to remember after seeing my first in-person close encounter in 2012, which is why I wanted to tell it, because until reading more about these cases, the idea that it's just gone, that what you were seeing, which was fantastic, almost unbelievably fantastic, this, this UFO encounter with this otherworldly type like craft, in this case very you know bright, but in my case very dark. But then it's just gone, and you and you're trying to make sense of it, like you're. And she's being an older woman, obviously has more grounded than say a younger person would. But how surreal, how mind blowing, right? And that's the I I would like to say that throughout my research into these encounters. I am almost positive that they might have been abducted, that there might have been an entity also accompanying this craft, that that is what's locked away, compartmentalized, and maybe even erased by these beings. Screen memories um, of abductions are typically unremembered. When abductions are remembered, they are misremembered. They have screen memories. There are fantastic elements which are cannot be true. Tall owls, for example. That's a very mm-hmm. popular one, that these four-foot owls, whereas you should be seeing a gray, but you are seeing a fantastically proportioned owl of impossible yeah. behavior. Like someone, like an owl inside your bedroom that's as large as you, looking you in the eyes. Because that is a, the, the, the screen... So, we are seeing the tip of the iceberg, and the progress that we are making as researchers should always be applied to the things we re- re- that we learn. And to read this as just a, a older couple seeing a UFO land and then take off. Wait, is... can I put you on hold one second? One no second. Hope everything is right. Nope, the three. Le- well, the three-letter agencies haven't gotten her. All I'm right. I'm sorry. No problem. So I gotta. We have to wrap this up. No problem. Soon We're already at the end. Yeah. Oh, she froze just during our goodbyes. Okay. So, so, but let let's go back down this avenue on our next chat as far as the wormhole goes and where they're coming from and what their intentions are and all of that. But I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing the events that happened to you. And um, you know, I I know that you have your Patreon and you're on Anchor FM, Linktree, Beyond Top Secret, Texan. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You have, you have so many places where people can find you and, and like you said tiktok tiktok twitter or instagram <laughs> tiktok or instagram if you want to see videos if you want to see me post every day and you want to hang out and dm me and everything yeah tiktok and uh instagram instagram is my base of uh, operations that's my headquarters you're going to catch me on instagram 
all day, every day, posting, sharing. That I use that as my personal office, my digital office. Uh, I run my podcast channel on that. So, best bet, join me on Instagram. Use the link tree to find me on, um, you know, my pod page, all my merch store, all that good stuff. But thank you very much for having me on. UAP oh Steph, gosh. we're going to do this again. We're going to do this again very often. I, I absolutely have that feeling. Uh, this is the first of a lot of future episodes. And I look forward to it. It's a privilege. And absolutely. Likewise, my dear. And, yeah, be on Top Secret Text and everybody follow him. I'll see you guys soon. And keep your eyes up looking around. And we will continue to put this puzzle together. All right. Peace out. All right. All right. Sweet. Sweet. No cool. problem. No problem. We ran a little long, but yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Uh, sorry for running a little long, and uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna be able to refine this, streamline it, and get the the operation a little bit tighter next time. Exactly. Absolutely love talking to you. We had a great conversation. Hope you liked the uh, the accounts, the experiences, and everything. Hope that gives you something to think about. You did. Hold on, I'm gonna email you the link right now, just so you have it. Beyond Top Secret Texan Link. No, you're amazing. Um, this is, let me know if you get this. Send, send, send. Yeah, you know what? I don't have like an outro. I don't even have an intro. I have none of that. <laughs> no, you don't have a, you don't have a catchphrase or a little. Nothing, everyone, nothing. Everyone should work on at least a little something. Like, at least a little something to be like, hey, catch you next time, same same UAP time, same UAP channel. Yes. Yeah, I'll do that. You, you give me some pointers. I need some pointers. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not good at it. I'm, I'm an amateur just like, you know, any other amateur. I just horribly improvise and flail at it. Like, I do my best. I do my best. Um, thank you for being so kind and everything. Uh, you're absolutely honored to talk to you. Thank you very much. I'm still here. Okay. I, I, I was wondering, I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, our connection will be better. Don't worry. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta get up there and take care of some business and all that. Thank you very much. You have a great night. Yeah, you too. Okay, Michael, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Bye. Check it out. Bye. Okay. And that was UAP Experience. UAP Experiencer with Steph. Go check out her on Instagram, go check out her on social media. Thank you very much. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very, very, very much. You're the greatest audience out there in dreamland.
Revolution. <laughs>